Warning, the following show contains explicit language. Certain people should not listen to this show, such as children and panty-waist adults who cry like 12-year-old little girls when they hear profanity. Welcome to the Dr. Reality Podcast. I'm Dave Champion, and it is so incredibly easy to stop social media platform censorship if we want it to end. Let's begin with the current legislative landscape that's found in Title 47 of the United States Code, Section 230C2A, which reads, Civil Liability. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be held liable on account of any action voluntarily taken in good faith to restrict access to or availability of material that the provider or user considers to be obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or otherwise objectionable, whether or not such material is constitutionally protected." The real problem with the language of that statute is the two words, otherwise objectionable. What I mean by that is I don't think the vast majority of Americans care if a platform says, look, we don't want to have live sex acts on our platform. We don't want things that are incredibly lascivious or lewd. Some people may want that, but there's other places you can go to get that, right? The problem is the words, otherwise objectionable seem to have ballooned to include things that statements which simply oppose the establishment narrative. It impacts uh, political free speech, which is a huge, huge problem. Otherwise objectionable. That phrase recently, a couple months back, caused Facebook to change its terms of service so that if any, they can remove any post, if it, if not removing it, would perhaps impact regulatory action against Facebook. So clearly, what Facebook was saying when they changed that language, they're saying, we are concerned. We feel intimidated by Congress potentially regulating us to what they would perceive as our disadvantage. So if you put anything that perhaps Congress doesn't like, and so then we would be regulated, we're taking it down. Man, you can't get any more line blurring between a private company censorship and government censorship than the private company saying readily in its terms and conditions, we're concerned if we don't take down your stuff, Congress is going to screw us via regulation. That is an out-and-out admission that they are acting out of fear of government action. In other words, the censorship is really not private, it's government censorship. The private platform feels threatened by government. As I sit here speaking to you in late July of 2021, that phrase, otherwise objectionable, seems to now have, uh, in a practical sense as far as how the, the social media platforms cast it to the user, is under the umbrella of the word misinformation. So is misinformation a problem? Yes, it absolutely is. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not feathering the bed for censorship here at all. I totally oppose censorship. But misinformation is a problem. Let me give you some examples of misinformation. You may remember not too long ago, a couple months back now as I'm sitting here, there was a hearing, a Senate hearing, and Senator Rand Paul was questioning Anthony Fauci. And Rand Paul was questioning whether Fauci's recommendations, his public recommendations, uh, were backed up by the science. 
Responding to that point, Fauci cited a UK study that said the UK variant, which was the variant of concern at that moment in US history of the outbreak here in the United States, he said that there was a study out of the UK showing that it was, I think, the, if I remember correctly, 50% more transmissible and 65% more lethal, the UK variant. But here's the problem. Fauci was putting out gross misinformation, and here's why. And I talked about this in a previous video. In the ten, I'm sorry, 11 weeks between the UK variant becoming dominant in the UK and Fauci offering that study to Rand Paul in rebuttal, here's what had happened. Shortly after it became the dominant variant in the UK, New daily infections over eight weeks plunged 92%, and over 10 weeks, deaths plunged 88%. So by the time Fauci sat there before Rand Paul, he had that data, so he knew the study was absolute nonsense. The facts, the data, the evidence, the science on the ground showed that that study was complete nonsense, because once the UK variant became dominant, cases plunged and deaths plunged. So he knew the study that he was sharing with Rand Paul on national television was misinformation, and yet it went all those people who, who either were supporting Rand Paul saying, look what a great job he did, or those supporting uh, Anthony Fauci, oh, look what a great job he did, oh, he, he offered this study to Rand Paul, he beat Rand Paul down with the facts. It was all over social media, no matter which side of the aisle people were on, and it was complete misinformation. Donald Trump, I, I think maybe, possibly, even Trump supporters realize a lot of what he says is non-factual, but yet there's a lot of Trump worship going on. So if Trump was still able to tweet, and he were to tweet that eating your own poop was very helpful, and he said, and I do it, and you should do it. The next day, millions of Americans would be trying to eat their own poop, because, sorry, Americans are just, yeah, they're like that. So misinformation is a huge problem. However, we don't solve a misinformation problem. We don't solve a public stupidity problem by censorship. We have in, in America that has been against our ethos of freedom and liberty since the, the founding of this nation. We do not engage in censorship until recently on social media. So how do we solve that? A few minutes ago, I shared with you Section 230, and of course, that's bandied about all the time as protecting uh, platforms such as Facebook, and then other people say they're not platforms, they're publishers, and so forth. But that's really, in terms of solving the problem, 230 is a red herring, because 230 is just a statute. All they have to do is repeal it, or a judge says for one reason or another it's unconstitutional, either way, and it's gone. So that's really not authoritative in terms of solving the problem. It is only the current statutory landscape. The basis for the federal government regulating any enterprise in the United States, uh, the first one, the, the, the preeminent reason constitutionally is that that entity is involved in interstate commerce, commerce between the states of the union or between the states of the union and federal possessions and territories and so forth. Okay, so based on that, does Congress regulate the nuclear power industry? Well, yeah, I think everybody's aware of that. And also based on that, does Congress regulate the forestry business, logging? Yes, and I think everybody's aware of that. Yet those are two completely disparate enterprises. They are regulated differently. Congress has dubbed that, what we commonly refer to as logging, forestry. And we, Congress regulates forestry 
in one way, because that's the forestry industry. And then Congress regulates, as an example, the nuclear power industry as the nuclear power industry, because that's different than, say, forestry, right? So Congress says, hey, we're calling your industry this, and we're going to regulate that industry in this way. And we're going to regulate this industry, that industry, the other industry, all in different ways because they're different industries, right? So all Congress has to do is say, we are going to regulate social media. Boom! Get rid of this platform crap. Get rid of this publisher crap. We're going to define an industry called social media, and we're going to regulate that. Why does Congress regulate things like the forestry industry and the nuclear power industry? Well, because it is perceived, whether you agree with it or not, it is perceived to be in the public interest. The American, it is perceived that the American people have insisted through their elected representatives in Congress, that industry must be regulated because if they're left unregulated, they're going to tear shit up and we're going to be in trouble in the long run, or the nuclear power industry. If they're not regulated, it's, for a, it's a for-profit industry, they're going to cut corners, they're, nuclear, they're running nuclear power plants. This could be a disaster. So, in the interest of the American people, Congress regulates them. So, in the same vein, Congress can, in the interest of the American people, regulate social media. What, what might be one of the things that would be in the public interest? Yeah, no more fucking censorship, because we don't do that in America. So, what are the legal obstacles to Congress moving forward with this? Legal obstacles? None. Zero. Congress could do this tomorrow if it wanted to. You'll note Congress hasn't done anything about this. There is not a single representative or a single senator who has even introduced legislation along the lines that I've shared with you today. Not one. I wonder why that is. There are quite a number of reasons why senators and congressmen, not on a legal basis, but on a uh, self-interest basis, are not offering this kind of legislation. They're not doing that for quite a number of self-interest. But one of them is... They want to control social media. They want to be able to call up the attorneys for companies like Facebook. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not using Facebook as the, because they are the sole entity being pressured like this. They are just probably the biggest name. A discreet call is made to an attorney that the government works with at Facebook and says, hey, man, this has got to go. If, if you guys don't want antitrust actions, if you guys don't want future legislation, we need you to get rid of this, this stuff that's appearing on your website. Then the Facebook attorneys sit down with their leadership. They sit down with the operations people and they say, okay, the government wants this gone. What do we want to do? And usually all the top executives go, well, unless it's somehow critical to our operation, unless it's unless getting rid of it is going to adversely affect our revenue, yeah, let's get rid of it. We don't need any problems from Congress. Yeah, and that's government censorship conducted by a private platform, but initiated by government. My point is this, whether it's some hard leftist or some hard right person or somebody in the middle, none of them except perhaps libertarians, want to get rid of this dynamic where they can, they can make a phone call and content that is disadvantageous to their agenda can be disappeared. The solution is very, very simple. I've shared just one reason why it hasn't been done. 
So what is the sort of the large-scale picture of the difference between do, Congress doing something on this and not doing something? Well, in the macro theme, it goes like this. You're not doing your job. Sorry, that, that's the truth. And I don't mean you personally. I mean the American people are not doing their J-O-B. They whine and bitch and complain, which is the American way, but they don't do anything about it. So the way it looks to uh, congressional representatives and senators is they hear just the slightest little bit, just the tiniest little bit of people calling their office and saying, man, this, this social media censorship sucks. And in contrast to that, they're facing a trillion-dollar industry, all of the various platforms combined. So Congress has a trillion-dollar industry in their ear, and they're not hearing jack shit from the American people. So they're going to look at this and say, we have this giant market segment of our economy that's very powerful and, in fact, can do really bad things to us if we go against it. And in comparison to that, they're not hearing shit from the American people. So why would they act? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, the fact that you may be annoyed and you would like them to act, but as I described the equation, why would they? In conclusion, what are my thoughts about what the American people are going to do about this? Not a thing. <laughs> uh, that's the American way. Bitch, whine, and complain, but never actually get in the fight, never actually get active, never actually go to Congress in, in mass numbers and say this needs to change. That almost never happens, and it's certainly not going to happen over social media censorship. Though, in my opinion, that is one of the gravest threats to our liberty that exists in this country right now. But, yeah, Americans care about liberty? Yeah, it's a buzzword, that's all. On the other hand, if you are one of the small <laughs> percentage of Americans that actually does care about liberty and freedom, personal rights, unalienable rights, um, government corruption, uh, and government misinformation, which, of course, we know is absolutely rampant. I'm well known for the phrase, the government lies, lies all the time, and lies even when the truth would serve it well. So if you are somebody to whom those problems matter, I want to encourage you to go to drreality.news. Take a look at income tax shattering the myths. Please do read the reviews while you're there. If you want to look at body science, that's great. But if we're talking about liberty, I really want you to look at income tax shattering the myths because I want you to, I want you to experience a lot greater personal liberty, including keeping what you earn because despite what America's, Americans have been socialized to believe that misinformation we're talking about, when you actually see the law with your own two eyes, rather than believing everything that everybody says around you, and they've never read the law either, when you actually see the law and it's broken down and explained easily, what you see is Congress has never, I think that's a critical phrase, has never imposed the income tax on the average American. The average American believes so, and the average American does a lot of things by which they raise their hand and say, oh, me, 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 I'm the guy upon whom Congress has imposed the tax. But they're not really. They're just, they've just been bamboozled. So I want you to go to drreality.news, get yourself a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mists, and uh, man, it will, I promise you, blow your mind. Mm -hmm.